three, two, one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I am your host, Ruth the Most, Blaine Ward. We're back uh, with another one. I don't. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here with me today is a very special guest, my buddy Taylor. Taylor, how are you? Man? How's it going? Oh, I'm just dandy. How are you? Yeah, you know, I'm just vibing. Uh, coming at you live from Chicago. So, Chicago. you know, yeah, I know. This is a, uh, we're, we're, we're finally in the college pod section of the podcast. <laughs> you know. When people look back, they'll be like, oh, these were the college years of the pod, assuming the pod lasts. The, the, the college arc. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah this is just, uh, I'm the main character. Um. <laughs> Do you ever kind of look off to the side and just start talking to the wall like you're looking at a camera? Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. It's like the office, you know? I, I always get worried that I'm going to get demonetized. It's true. It's true. Especially when, you know, my uh, my vocabulary, it gets, uh, yeah. gets a little rough sometimes, but you know how it is. Um, anywho, a lot to catch up on. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Uh, the big news, this is a little late to the party, but it's got to be addressed. Um, there's a new Spider-Man trailer. We got another Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man, is it No Way Home? I think it's what it's no, called. No Way, uh, yeah, No Way Home. No Way Home. Uh, John Locke back in the seat. Uh, this is a highly anticipated movie because this seems to be a Spider-Verse kind of plot. I think they're bringing in Doc Ock and Green Goblin and Electro. Actually, I'm, I'm so excited. I yeah. So, excited. so I, I, I want to ask you, what, what are your thoughts coming off of the trailer? What is your... All right. Uh, so first off i just absolutely love the idea that dr strange is wearing his cloak on top of a winter coat <laughs> was that a thing i didn't notice that that's hilarious yeah his uh the sanctum in new york is like all white and stuff looks all frosted over so i guess it's cold yeah and he's just wearing his cape <laughs> over a winter coat i didn't notice that that's it looks absolutely ridiculous it's really funny that's incredible i love that yeah i mean ugh. all right all right all right I'm not big on the MCU Spider-Man. I think Tom Holland's good. It's my problem's not with him. I just don't like the direction they've taken this character. I liked Homecoming fine. I did not like Far From Home. And this, all right, here's the thing. As my, as I'm a huge fanboy of the Raimi trilogy, the original three Spider-Man movies. Right. And the fact that we're going to see Toby again is going to... Uh, yeah, I'm that makes so my excited. Heart, that makes my heart sore. And if I, I hear, uh... if I hear that soundtrack, I'm going to like faint in the theater i lost my shit when uh jk simmons showed up at the end of uh far from home yeah like when that happened i was like oh my god are they doing this like it (laughs) that was just the beginning of something that we didn't even think was gonna be happening right i and uh, look i'm so excited for that and it'll be great to see andrew garfield again because those Amazing Spider-Man movies were kind of a mixed bag, but he was good in them, so it'll be good to see him again. My problem is this movie just does not look good. And I'm not saying it looks bad. I'm saying like visually, it looks so gray and ugly. And I'm I'm yeah, I'm just not I'm so mixed on it because this sounds like this will be right up my alley as far as like the fan service, but it's just like none of these Spider-Man movies have been visually engaging for me. And I like yeah, I, I feel like it'll be more visually engaging than the other ones, only because Doctor Strange is there. Yeah, and Doctor I think... Strange inherently brings a wide variety of fun visuals with him. Yeah, and I agree. There's some of the visual effects in the trailers, like you know, the, there's a whole train thing. They're doing the Bendy Inception City thing again. That'll be cool. 
but it's just like it just looks so gray and i'm like oh man just bring some color into this and i know they you know the huge moment of the trailer was like doc doc coming back in hello but peter yeah, exactly. And I've seen that shot and it's just like gray against a gray background. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, no, don't do this to me. I just want to, you know, I don't know. I need color. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I, I'm i sure I'm in the minority for this one because I know everyone else is losing their shit about it. And to be fair, like, I understand. But I'm just worried because the creative team behind these movies, behind the Spider-Man movies, I should say, haven't really like, I don't know, haven't really made me trust them yet and the fact that they're bringing them back again it's like oh god oh, yeah no. i'm still i'm still a little skeptical on the whole thing um i i need to re-watch the other two i saw homecoming maybe three times yeah and i thought it was fine but the humor was really off-putting for me so i need to watch it again yeah um and then i only saw far from home once uh, i thought it was fine i thought it was good uh I really liked Jake Gyllenhaal just because it's Jake oh, Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah, I mean he um, was the best part of that movie. Oh yeah, yeah by far. Um, but I, t- the problem is I, like I'm going to see this movie just because it's a Spider-Man movie. But right. Tom Holland is a thing I'm excited for the least about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like, more in it for just the multiverse idea. Yeah, I want to see what they're going to do with everything. Like you know, Tom Holland. I know he's going to be the lead, so it's going to be like. Okay, great. But the whole time, I feel like I'm going to be sitting there waiting for Benedict Cumberbatch or just any of the villains or Tobey <laughs> Maguire, or Andrew Garfield or something to show up. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many ideas in my head where I'm like, oh, please, like, if this happens, I'm going to lose my mind. But I'm just I'm just so skeptical because I I, I, I like Homecoming. I think I'm going to do the same thing. I think I'm going to rewatch uh, both of those two before the new one. Um, because I liked Homecoming for what it was, and I did not like Far From Home. Aside from Jill Hall, I thought Jill Hall was awesome. Um, but I, I'm just so scared because they got the screenwriters are the same guys who did Ant Man and the Wasp, and that one's really mid. Oh no, do they and, really? And they oh, did Far From Home, and I thought that was really mid. And I'm like, oh gosh, like I'm just actually yeah. yeah the screen fight for both of the uh, Ant Man and the Wasp especially. Uh, that's kind of on the weaker side. Far From well, Home yeah. screen fight was fine, but yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp was. Uh, yeah that one's weaker than the rest of them but i don't know like i'm just so down the middle on it where it's like i really want to be excited for this just because of like you know all the like if, if i hear Tommy mcguire say with great power comes great responsibility again i will faint if i hear the danny <laughs> elfman score i will faint if i see andrew garfield mention emma stone i will faint like these are things set up that i will die if they happen but it's like my soul might die in the process and i'm i'm just i'm just skeptical that's all it is. Um, if i see william defoe smile i'll faint but only because it's terrifying and not because it's william defoe <laughs> william defoe has not aged like at no all. i mean he, he was he was never the the greatest looking guy no but we don't need him to be you know He's but we, we, we love him we love him anyway that's damn straight damn straight yeah i'm just uh I, i'm just scared for it i guess you know i'm gonna be there opening night as i always am but you know, I'm just, there's a lot riding on it. And I don't know if they're going to be able to um, tackle it. I'm much more excited for Eternals. I feel like Eternals is going to be something different. Really? Yeah, I know. See, Etern- I, can't, I can't get myself excited for Eternals. That's understandable. I, and, then, and, and this is where my hot take comes in, where I know a lot of people are kind of like, eh, Eternals looks okay. Like, for some reason, that movie looks like it's going to be, like, really slow. And for a Marvel movie, that sounds like, I don't know. So interesting to me. Where Change I'm like, of oh. pace. Right. And I'm like, all right, this could be something new. And then the fact is like the director 
uh, did Nomadland, Chloe Zhao, she did Nomadland and won the Oscar for right. last year. So I'm like, this could be kind of cool. Um, so I don't know. I I have terrible takes when it comes to what's coming at Marvel. Um, but I don't know. No, I, I do too. I, I never share the popular opinion. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it, who if everyone has the same opinion, it's just boring at that right. point. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'll see both of these. Uh, you know, I'll be there. But I'm just worried, I guess, as well. Um, and I'm sure, like, the problem is never with the performances. Like, the performances are always good. My yeah, problem the, is just, the, yeah, the acting is never the downside to any of these movies. Right. Like, they're always, like, the actors are so charismatic. And I was talking to a buddy of mine where it's like, it's, it, it's probably harder to get, like, charismatic performances out of your actors than to be, like, visually engaging. And I think that's probably true. But I don't know. I, I just feel spoiled where I'm like, just give me some color here. Like, I don't know. It's just like... <laughs> Give me something to work with. That's why I'm kind of excited for Eternals because it just like looks different than all the other Marvel movies. And I'm like, okay, this could be something here, but I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people like Guardians of the Galaxy so much. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons. That's such a colorful movie. Right, right, and especially in the second one too. Like, oh the, yeah, the, there's like just rainbow colors all over the place. So I'm like, yeah, just, just for the sake of having rainbow colors, but it doesn't like stand out. It's just that's just the way it is. Right, right. And that's why I feel spoiled because I'm like, you've done this before. Like, there's no reason. And, and the bar is the bar is set pretty high on everything. Right, right. And all these, you know, all the Marvel directors before their movie comes out in the press conference are always like, yes, this movie's different from the other ones because this one's a spy thriller. This one's, you know, a martial arts action movie. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, sure. Can we see a difference visually? That's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> look, Endgame, awesome movie. And awesome third act, but the third act looks gray as hell. And I'm like, listen, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But like, can't we just have a it little? It could bit have of color? a little more color to it, right? Yeah, because we're dealing with comic books here, you know. It's that's like- yeah, that's true. But I mean, at the same time, having a very colorful uh, scene like that would kind of, I feel like, it would take away a little bit from the oppressiveness that Thanos was giving everything. Right. And it know? might have been overstimulating too, because like there's yeah, just so many. There's a lot going that. on. Yeah. Right. I just remember watching Aquaman, and I like I actually really enjoyed Aquaman, but like near the end of that movie, like there's just so many colors and everything's just kind of fighting each other, and it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. Um, yeah, I feel like if like at that end scene, if you had a lot of colors in the background and stuff, it'd be kind of hard to tell like. Because with the gray background, it makes it very easy to tell who you're looking at. You see a, someone on a horse, you're like, okay, that's Valkyrie. You know, right, you right. see someone, you see a, a, a like kind of a blue or gray blip fly by. Like, okay, that's probably Pepper. You know, right. not, not, yeah, Pepper Potts. Yeah, right. Um, right. So it makes it a little easier to pick out against a kind of a gray scale background. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting. I, I'm interested to see what they're gonna do, especially because like now. You know, now that Endgame's over, we're relying on new characters to kind of continue the story. Yeah. And we'll get into Shang-Chi in just a bit. But, like, now's their moment to, like, start up, like, you know, hey, here's this character and here's, like, their kind of tricks and style and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, now's your chance. You've proved you can take the risk by, you know, introducing characters that nobody's ever heard before. And I'm like, all right, just show me something new here. That's all I'm asking for. Something different. Because they right. can't be writing it. They can't ride the same formula forever. Right. Because eventually people are going to get tired. And there's talk yeah. of, like, you know, superhero fatigue. And that hasn't really gone away at the moment because everyone's still showing up for these things. Because the Marvel franchise is, like, the biggest franchise maybe after Star Wars. But it's like, all right, I just need it. I, I'm fine right now. But if it keeps going like this, I'm going to get sick of it. And I don't want to get sick of it. 
but yeah for for me that fatigue has definitely set in that's fair that's fair yeah. i guess yeah, we it's should, i guess we should probably jump into shang uh shang chi because um yeah. you know we've got we've got takes um so shang chi just came out this past weekend uh i think it's officially called shang chi and the legend of the ten rings yes. uh it was directed by daniel destin creighton who's actually done some movies that i really like he's done uh short term 12 he's done just mercy um very competent director uh and yeah this is kind of sold as being like marvel's first martial arts movie um and i guess out of the way i gotta say i really liked like it's weird in a Marvel movie to say like your fight scenes are the favorite part of it. But this is like one of those where I'm like, all right, the fight scenes were actually really well done. The choreography was stellar. It really was. Now I had a different take than other people that I've talked to about this. Yeah. I thought the choreography was very well done and the fight scenes looked really good, Mm -hmm. but I also felt like it was a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. The fight scenes all kind of, even though they looked really nice and each one by itself is great, as a whole, they there wasn't as very much variety. Sure. You he was either fighting someone hand to hand with quick punches, blocks, and jabs in an open setting or a right. confined setting. And then that was it. That's fair. I see where you're getting at. Yeah. I mean, I I was when like the 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 first fight scene I, I think we get. Um, I mean, we have the prologue with, uh, you know, the Mandarin and kind of his right. background. But, like, the first actual fight scene is, like, a bus. Uh, it's on a bus. And I really like that because that kind of reminded me of, like, a Jackie Chan, like, police story oh, vibe. Where, you know, he's just, I don't know, whooping ass. And, you know, it gets me very excited. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's nice. I feel like a lot of Marvel movies have kind of done really quick editing when it comes to their fight scenes. And sometimes it's kind of hard to tell what's going on. And I like the fact that I was able to tell what was going on in the fight scenes um, for once. So that was, yeah, that's actually true. You you, never were you confused who was punching who or anything like that. Yeah. Right. They were very, uh, it was just, they had a good choreography. And I think the choreographer for the fight scenes, like actually worked on Jackie Chan movies. Oh really? I I think that's actually why it reminded me of that, which is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people have really enjoyed this, and I'm happy that they enjoyed it. Um, I just feel like, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a little mixed on it. I think there are some really good things that it does, and then near the end, it kind of throws all that stuff away. And it, I don't know, at the end, it kind of left me a bit numb, which is sad, because I really wanted to like this. And I know for people who, you know, um, for people who like, you know, Asian kids who haven't had an Asian superhero, like, looking up to Shang-Chi as, like, the first Marvel Asian superhero. Someone like, to look up to. You're right, right. right. Like, that's got to be sick as hell. And I'm so happy that they got that. It's just for me personally, like, I couldn't really get that out of this movie. Yeah, um, it didn't do anything for me personally. Yeah. Yeah, like, there was some stuff I really liked. I think uh, the Mandarin, and I think his name was, like, Wenwu or something like that. Like, I, f- I actually forget almost everyone's name. Yeah, I mean, aside from the main guy. Um, yeah, and, Sean, and, Shang-Chi. Yeah, yeah Shang-Chi. Um, but I, I, I really like the villain. Uh, which the villain is, was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, like, it, and also a rarity in Marvel movies is the villain, like, your favorite part of the movie. Because, right. I mean, all right, we've got, I think everyone would agree that Ching Chong Hall is the best part of Park and Home. And obviously, you know, Thanos high up there. But, like, I don't know. I like the fact that, like, his the Mandarin's motivation was actually, like, pretty understandable like the whole thing was like yeah you know he thinks his wife is still alive and he just wants to reunite with her yeah and he was blinded by 
just yeah. you know, his his lust, his desire to see his wife again. And right. they, they kind of at first I thought that was like, okay, that's a little cheesy, but like when they they kept kind of pu- uh, pushing that point of like this woman is literally the only thing that was keeping him from being different. Like she changed his life. Right. And so that, that, that makes it very understandable and it's just a solid motivation, I think. Yeah, I really, and I, I mean, they got uh, Tony Leung to play him and he's been in a right. bunch of uh, really great foreign films by a great director, uh, Wong Kar Wai. And as soon as I heard he was going to be in this, I'm like, oh, he's going to be great. And like, he just owns this entire movie. Like, I don't know. He's so charismatic and commanding and you completely buy that, like, he's just this, like, you know, a thousand-year-old badass. Um, and I really liked him. But, uh, I don't know. It, this just didn't do anything for me and it sucks because I really wanted to... And part of that, there's a few factors to it. I think, one, they really leaned into comedy for this and I didn't oh, think they needed to. Don't even get, don't get me started on the... I, I literally did not laugh the entire movie. I think uh, no, like, none of the jokes landed for me. There might've been like, I don't know. I Actually, maybe... I take that back. I, I, I laughed once and that was only when uh, Shang-Chi got Falcon punched by his dad into the lake. I thought that was really funny. I, I started laughing. I don't think I was supposed to be laughing, but I, I, I just saw him fly like a hundred meters so right. fast. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I don't know. There was a few gags that I thought were fine. Um, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of the humor, and, and this is kind of a problem with some of the Marvel movies, but I feel like they're trying to rely on their humor to like, I don't know, overshadow like an emotional moment. Like they'll mm. have like a really deep conversation and then here's a joke, here's a laugh. Like don't take this too seriously. And I'm like, no, like the whole thing between Shang-Chi and his dad is like the emotional core of this movie. And I felt like a lot of that was just kind of sidelined with like some really lame humor. And I was like- With, oh, uh, with Aqua, Aquafina especially. I, I, oh, I hated, I, hated I, her character so much. I Every thought time she was she fine, talked, was like, but it's like uh, they lean for comedy for her. And I'm like- yeah. If, if this movie didn't have any jokes, I think I think she and the rest of the movie would have been really solid. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. You know, this is a darker kind of movie. There's like a scene where like, you know, he's telling his backstory and his dad. And then there's like this airplane gag that goes on for like two minutes. Oh, and I'm like, right. oh my God, can we just move on? Like, we don't need this here. I don't know. Like they kind of killed the momentum. Yeah. And, and, then, and then it, it had a lot of hard time trying to get it back up get right. it going again you know and then don't get me started this aquafina wasn't as bad to me as uh ben kingsley the mandarin oh god which okay My god it makes sense why he's back and for a second i was happy that he was i back. was happy okay when i saw him i was like oh that's actually kind of cool and then right. he just didn't shut up right and it's like kept oh. going for the joke <laughs> and one of, one of the jokes that like i he had a planet, he has a planet of the apes gag that I thought I, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was kind of funny. But then kept cutting back to him for jokes. I'm like, oh my god, you have Ben Kingsley here. Just shut up. Oh my god. <laughs> and then I was happy that he some people were like, where was he during the fight? And I'm like, no, good. He should not have been there. No, like, there's no way. Like, what would he have done? Right. It, there was kind of an amusing moment where he's like, oh, I'm playing dead. I'm acting playing dead. I'm like, okay, good. I, I actually that actually made me sad when he was alive. Yeah, because I thought he was funny. dead, and I was like, "Thank God." I know. I don't have to. <laughs> aside <laughs> from the uh, aside from the whimpers of what is it, Murray? Yeah, um, yeah. Morris, 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 Morris. Right, yeah, right. Um, but Little I don't Morris. know. Like, and so that that was one of the things, and then I felt like the movie just like really went out the window in the third act. Because again, I think everything between Shang Chi and his dad 
really worked for me. And then the dad sacrifices himself, which again, emotional moment worked fine. But then they bring in a kaiju, and then I couldn't tell what was going on. <laughs> kaiju. I was trying to figure out what he reminded me of. He definitely looked like a big kaiju. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, can we have not, like, is it that hard to have, like, I don't know, like, wasn't the main conflict enough? Can we not need another, you know, kaiju to. Right. And I know, that, like, that whole right, thing. you set up a kaiju, you should show it in third eye, whatever. But, like, I thought it would have been much more compelling if the finale is just him against his dad, you know? I don't know. See, and the, the problem was, I knew going in, uh, like, at, when they started, like, when they ended up at the magical place. Right. Um, and the dad was showing up. And, like, the moment when he, like, had that realization of, I'm going to kill my dad, I that was the moment when I realized he's not going to kill his dad. His dad is going to kill himself by his own un, by his own doing. Right. And that's uh, like fine I, as far as the story thing. Right. right. But uh, then it's like, hey, big kaiju, hey, big dragon, rawr, fight, and it's so gray. And I'm like, oh, no. Because, like, I don't know, at least the land that they traveled to was actually, like, pretty colorful. It was There's... cool. Yeah, that, that whole third act got the entirety of the visual budget. Right. I don't, I'm like, you, I, I'm, you, you, I'm sure you noticed the uh, <laughs> some of the graphics. Yeah, I was like, In oh, the boy. middle there. Oh, God, the bus. Yeah. Oh, so, some of the bus scenes and just everything except the third act did not look that great if it was computer generated. Right. And maybe this is a COVID thing. Like maybe I can only speculate, but I like maybe they didn't have enough visually. But it's like, although I, I mean, you do, you do see that with like you know Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok had a like the third act was very visually pleasing, but the rest right. of it was not. Yeah, I know? think I think some people overhype Ragnarok when it comes to the colors because like there are some colorful scenes in that movie absolutely like everything on that trash planet looks really cool but every time they come back to Asgard in that first you know in that hour in that first hour stretch it doesn't really look that good and I'm like oh man um and I don't know like I I feel like Marvel movies these days have such a big budget where it's like well we gotta show this off somehow I'm like no you could have kept it really small scale you know (laughs) have him versus his dad that would have been compelling because I mean like the stuff with the ten rings looks really cool and I'm like all right the the rings I actually thought the rings were probably my favorite aspect of the whole movie so okay my one big problem I had and I think the one of the reasons why I had trouble liking uh Shang-Chi just as a character Mm-hmm. was the fact that he was just a normal guy who happened to be good at fighting. Sure. You know, he like someone could have snuck up behind him and just shot him in the head. He's dead. You right. know, or, or just, he's not, which kind of adds to the the fun part of, okay, he's not invincible. Right. But the problem was the only danger he was ever in was in a hand-to-hand time. Sure. If that makes sense. So he, he never really seemed in danger. No one ever came at him with a gun. Mm-hmm. someone came at him with a gun he'd be dead sure but him not being having like a standout thing mm-hmm. i, I kind of i had a hard time kind of connecting with him because oh, man with you know with, with captain america okay he's a you, you could shoot him in the head captain america's probably gonna die <laughs> but he's still super strong and he has that cool moment of you know pulling the helicopter back you know stuff like that but with shang chi he can't do that mm-hmm. So now that he has the rings, I feel like it's going to be he's he'll be way better in any future installment he shows up in. See, but I'm knowing a little... that. Sorry, you finished. Finish so, sorry, you're fine. Uh, just knowing that all he can do is just punch people. It, it was kind of like uh, it, it, I had a hard time kind of vibing with him. Okay. 
Okay, interesting. I think I have a different take than you on that, which is fine. Um, I, 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 I like the fact that he was just a martial arts guy, and it's cool that he's got the Ten Rings now, but I'm afraid that when he shows up, and I'm excited, like, as much as I am not, like, super strong on this movie, I'm excited to see him come back. Um, I'm just a little concerned that in a big like fight scene with the you know new avengers or something mm-hmm. and he's just going to be using the rings you know and like a he's not going to be doing anything that like they set up in this movie kind well, of well yeah know? i feel like like i don't know if they're going to do martial arts choreography right. for him because like how how, how how useful are martial arts when you're <laughs> facing an entire army or something right like and that, i'm like you know? i don't know i think it'd be cool if we saw shang chi like whipping an alien's ass or something using martial arts and it's cool that he's got the rings and the rings are dope as hell but it's like i don't know i I'm just a little worried as to what they'll do with him. And I liked, like, I liked Shang-Chi's character fine. And I think the actor that played him, Simu Liu, he did, a, he, he was charming. Enough, I thought right? he did a really good job. Yeah. The only problem, I, one of the problems I had with his character was he didn't, he didn't talk. Mm. He, he didn't really say that much. He had, he relied on everybody else to kind of explain to the audience what was going on. There was a lot of exposition. In the movie. Yeah, there was a lot of, of stuff that was explained, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah. And so, same with him not talking. Like you look at uh, the one that came, comes to mind is John Wick. John Wick right. doesn't talk at all in his movies. No, like the, the, half, half of his dialogue is, yeah, <laughs> or, you know, fine. But yeah, exactly. I, that kind of comes back to the, the fighting part again is I, I had trouble liking him as much because with john wick john wick's out here kicking ass killing guys in 50 different ways within five minutes but right. with shang chi or shang chi whichever way you want to say it um he's not talking so there's not a lot of character development mm-hmm. on his side so the only other way for me to like him is by his actions right and his actions are all kind of the same yeah of just punch punch jab jab you know sure. understandable yeah i mean <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just mixed on it. I think overall, I thought it was fine. But it's like, I, and I, I'm going to give it another shot. I'll probably go see it again, um, just to kind of get my head straight on some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't know. I, I just wish it didn't go off the rails at the end, because I was with it. really it, did, yeah. And then I was with it, and then it just kind of fell off. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. It, it could have been a lot stronger if we had, like, a more, focused on more of an emotional, like, I don't know, emotional core. Cause like the dad's sacrifice, he gets his soul sucked or whatever, which is fine. Like, you know, fine way to go out, but like his body's still there. And we never really got like a goodbye moment with Shang-Chi. Right. He never his buried sister. his dad. Well, I guess they put the lantern in the thing. That's right. 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 But I, I'm saying like, I don't know. I could have had like a grieving moment of him and his sister right. over the dad's body or something. And I like, I like, I don't know. Again, the whole thing with the dad was just really nice to me. Cause like, yes, he was strict and, maybe abusive but like he wasn't the worst father maybe he was i don't know when he when he was when he was like when his wife was alive he was a good dad yeah but without the wife like he's a madman and i thought that i thought that to his character was pretty cool it's just yeah i don't know i'm i'm i I, i'm down the middle on it i'm happy that people are enjoying it it's just for me i was like "Mm -hmm, i wish i could like it more Um, overall i did uh i I can't say I didn't enjoy myself, but I didn't really like it that much. I think yeah. I gave it a five. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a six. Um, I'm, you know, I, it's a Marvel movie. It does what it needs to, but it's just like if it didn't have the humor, and it didn't need to, if it just kept it small scale, I think I would have liked it a lot more. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. I'm excited to see him come back. Um, you know, 
whatever they end up doing with it. Are they going to do like a Ten Rings Disney Plus show or something? I didn't I know what they no were. No idea. I, I didn't I know what they were implying with the end credits. Far ahead. Okay, because like at the end of the movie, they're like the Ten Rings will return. I'm like, does that mean Shang Chi will return, or does that mean or the, the sister? Ten, right. Right, the organization. Talk about all his sister. We didn't even touch on his sister. She she had probably like four lines of dialogue and maybe like three minutes <laughs> of screen time. I thought they could have done a lot more with nothing. her. Yeah, yeah she, she was just there. She was there because she had the pendant and he needed a second pendant. Right. Like right. if there was only one pendant, then I feel like the sister just didn't need to be there at all. Right. Oh, I liked, I liked that they brought in Wong. I just like Wong. Oh, Wong's yeah. Fun. Yeah, that's just because it's Wong. Right. Like, everyone, no one's going to be mad at him. And no, not, yeah. not, not, you know, 10 second fight with Abomination where he uses his own punch against him. That was kind of rad. I was kind of into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anywho. Yeah. But Bene- Benedict Wong, uh, I, I like almost every time I see him. He's just, he's just fun. Yeah, like anytime he's in, I'm like, I love that guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it just not even just in Marvel movies, just like you know, he's he's a fun guy in like The Martian, and just right. you know, he's in Annihilation for like two minutes, and I'm like, I love oh, he guy. is, isn't he? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I just like him. I like his vibe. I'd hang out with him. But, I would yeah. too. Yeah, he seems just like a bro. Right, like exactly. a fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, exactly. Carbon beer, you know, all that jazz. All right, so moving on, uh, movie of the week. We're doing uh, Damien Chazelle double feature, maybe the Damien double. Um, so I think we're going to talk about uh, Whiplash and La La Land. But first, I think we should just go in order to Whiplash and then La La Land. Um, Whiplash works with me. Yeah. So Whiplash, Damien Chazelle, Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons. People have said this is one of the best movies to come out of the 2010s. Would you agree with that? I, the one of the best. Okay. So, so the, the, okay. The, the the problem with saying one of the best is like how broad is one of the best? Is it top ten, top a hundred? Like because right. because being in the top a hundred is still a really good movie because there were a lot of movies that came out in the twenty tens. Right. I really really enjoy this movie, um, and I think it is the performance of a lifetime by J.K. Simmons. Yes, this is like one of the best acting roles I think. Period. I, I like genuinely like I I can't think of a single thing he could have done better. Yes, I think he is absolutely like terrifying in this movie, and it like if I can count on my fingers like terrifying acting performances, like it's maybe him, Heath Ledger, Joker, yeah, uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining, and then maybe you know Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. It's like and then he but his is done in a such a different way, right? Because you know you're laughing at what he's doing. Yeah, but you're also he's scared so of him. he's so brutal that yeah. you're laughing, and you know that if you were in the room with like everyone being just shut down whenever he talks, you know, like that is such a believable thing. I would not make a peep. Oh if, yeah, I would if I was within like in the same building with him. Right, exactly. Um, real quick, I'm gonna give the premise to uh, people who haven't seen this. Who, if you haven't seen this, what the hell? Go watch this. What are you Go doing? Watch it. What are you doing? Pause it. Watch it. Come back. Um, so the premise reads, uh, under the direction of a ruthless instructor, a talented young drummer, he has pursued perfection at any cost, even his humanity. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 the thing is that's so crazy about this is like, this movie makes me just like sweat. Like this is maybe one of the most intense movies I've ever seen. And it's like almost borderline a horror movie. Cause you're like, 
you're so, it's such an intense situation and you're so uncomfortable by it. And it's just like you were saying, like you're laughing at what's going on. But if you were in that room with him, you'd be scared shitless. Yeah, like it, I, you would be fearing for your life because you know he's actually not going to physically harm you, but you're watching him just emotionally destroy everybody he sees. Right. And it's like, you don't want to be a part of that. You kidding right. me? I would like run out of the room. if I Yeah, was... like like the one kid in the beginning who's who he just starts yelling at because he's playing out of tune. It's like, what are you looking at? Oh, there's not a Happy Meal down there. <laughs> you know, like he just destroys this kid. Right. And he just starts crying. Yeah, <laughs> and he like, wasn't oh even the God. one playing out of tune. Right. You're like, yeah, it, I love how they set him up, too. Because like the whole time, like right from the get go, it establishes like J.K. Simmons. It's like, oh, my God, this is the guy. Like Miles Teller. You know, it starts with him, like, doing his drum solo. And by the way, holy crap. Like, Miles Teller can really freaking drum. Like That ending scene? Oh, my God. My we're, we're, God. We'll get into we'll, that. We'll, we'll get, get into that. Jump on the gun a little bit. I know. Yeah, we can't we can't go that far at the moment because <laughs> we're going to be talking about that all day. Um, But, like, the way they set him up is just so good because, like, there's this area of, like, this just aura of, you know, class with him. And you're like, oh, my God, like, this is the guy. And then... You know, he starts doing the, he does that out of tune thing with uh, the guy who wasn't. And you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. he's serious. But then he takes, uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Andrew, right? Miles Teller character? Yeah, yeah. Andrew Neiman. Neiman. Neiman, right. He takes Neiman aside and he's like, hey, you know, don't worry about this. He asks him like a few questions about his mom and dad. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe he's not that bad. And then and maybe he's, soon- a, he's a good per. Maybe he's a good person, like, right. you know, outside of the classroom. Maybe he's a little harsh. Right. Maybe, maybe it was just a, a bad day in, for him. You know, as soon as you're back in, he is like tearing him apart. And like he's using the stuff again, like that he just told. Right, exactly. Him yeah. Like when, you know, his mom, I think, left his dad and his dad's not successful. And he starts like spinning that against him. And he starts like slapping him, you know, or like, are you rushing or are you dragging? And it's like you're just riveted at that point. You're just in. You're like, oh my God, this guy's a madman. What like what oh. else is he going to do? Right. And it's so, he's so entertaining. You're like, I don't know what he's going to, re- like, I don't know how he's going to react to whatever situation that's coming up. And seeing like Miles Teller, because, and the thing that I like about him is that he's not exactly a likable character, but you're still rooting for him because you're like, uh, oh, yeah, you're rooting for him only because he's going against J.K. Simmons. Right. And you're like, you know? all right, he wants to be the best. That's what a protagonist, like, as a protagonist, that's a goal. And you're like, all right, I'm rooting for him. Sure, I'm doing whatever he's in for. But it's like it, they do a good job where you're like, all right, this you kind of got to blame. Like at some point, it's his fault that he's staying in there for too long because anybody yeah. decent would have just dipped right out of there. And I guess that's kind of what the movie, the point of the movie that it's making. And I'll get into this later, but like that's kind of what it's saying. Where it's like sometimes you know this sort of the movie essentially proves. Fletcher right at the end where it's like yeah his methods ended up his methods actually worked right which is it's a bittersweet thing it's a very nihilistic out right both of your characters got what they wanted right but which it's it's very interesting because I can't really think of many movies where the protagonist and the antagonist both end up happy right yeah yeah and almost like the antagonist almost like I think the antagonist wins more than Neiman. Yeah. Because yeah, I'd say so. Fletcher, like it just proved his point. Like it proved his exact point where he's like, yeah, all right, I pushed this guy harder, and now look at him fucking, you know, drum the whole stadium down. And it's like, oh my god, it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It it's just so well made from and Damien Chazelle, like he's I I I'm you know I got season passes to 
the rest of his movies. Um, I am so excited. The, what's the next one? Uh, ba- Babylon? Bangkok. Babylon? Oh, yeah. Ba- yeah, Babylon. Yeah, ba- Bangkok is a Edgar Wright's one. That's what it is. Something with Bangkok. Yeah, yeah Babylon. I'm. I've like. I'm counting on the days. Got a right. calendar. I'm, I, got, I got the X's going down. It's. Oh my god. I'm all in. I'm all in. But yeah, like I don't know. It's just his style is so polished i guess and even with la la land and we'll get into that in just a bit but like the way he shoots instrumental music playing you know with like the trumpets and the drums mm-hmm. and all that stuff like it's just so energetic and full of life and you're like oh man like it's just so gripping you know yeah i uh it's it's a very i i can't like point out anything specific that he does differently but if you watch whiplash and la la land it is like very clear that this was made by the same person yeah and he's doing like it's the same techniques but i can't like pinpoint exactly what it is he's he has he has his own definitely has his own style yeah absolutely absolutely and i i it's just so this movie's rhythm is just insane because this movie's like i want to say like maybe an hour 40 and it like flies by this is one of like the fastest it does go by it goes by quick like you're just locked in really quickly and the movie just keeps going and going and going and going and going and then it, ends it doesn't really like, let up on the gas oh. right it's just adrenaline and by the time it ends you're like Ugh. like it feels, it feels like you can just breathe take a you have a deep breath right you're, like, you're kind of sitting back in your chair your eyes are pretty wide and you go oh my god right you're, you're sweating it's just so intense and it's funny because this is a uh, a blumhouse movie which is also just really funny to me. Oh, is it really? Yeah, because like Blumhouse, you know, they, they do the low budget like horror stuff. With, right. You know, Get Out and The Purge and all that stuff. And th- it's just kind of funny to me where I'm like, maybe Whiplash is a horror movie. You know, it's like. It's, <laughs> it's a scary. psychological horror movie. Right, exactly. And it, I don't I know. to put it that way. Right. And the whole thing, I really like, uh, you know, I, in the beginning of the movie, they introduce. Um, they introduce uh, 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 Melissa Benoist, uh Supergirl. The, lo- the love interest. Right. Um, and, you know, at first you're like, oh, this is kind of cute. You know, they're getting together. And then, again, it's just one of the choices that Neiman has to make in order to sacrifice, you know, for his talent. It's like, you know, he has to break up with her. And that could have been handled much better, I will yeah. say. I think that uh, the love the whole love side plot, the relationship was actually probably the weakest part of the movie. Sure. Um, Cause like, you know, looking back at it, like it, I'm glad that it's there because it gives him just something else to deal with. Right. Um, and something else to juggle, which is really nice, but I feel like they didn't do very much with it. I think the only reason she's in there and I like Melissa Manoise a lot. I think she's quite charming in the movie. Um, but I feel like the only reason she's there is to show like, more of the stuff that he's willing to give up. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, greatness. And I mean, like, I I can see his point, but the problem is, is like he handled that terribly. He was like, "All right, these are the reasons we shouldn't be together." You know, yeah, he was he was blunt. Yeah, he was as blunt as Fletcher was. Right, and I'm like, this guy's an asshole. You know, I can't root for him. And then of course, you know, you still root. Then you end up rooting for him. Yeah. Right, right. The whole movie, it's a very, very, uh, it's got, yeah, very taxing. It's got a, uh, a, a nightcrawler esque thing. It's like, man, this protagonist is a not a good person but you're still rooting for him yeah it's just such an entertaining you know entertaining characters where you're just like oh my yes. god like i need to see what's yeah, going the, it's a very character driven movie right and the whole if, thing is like yeah. i don't think you know you're not supposed to like neiman and the whole time you're just like screaming at him you're like all right just leave but he can't because he's so like 
He's he's, he's he so not, invested. He does not care about anything else. There's a line in there where he's like, "Yeah, I'd rather be." You know, they're talking about uh, Charlie Parker. You know, Bird. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, Charlie Parker died at thirty, and he, he says something along the lines where he's like, "Yeah, well, I'd rather die at thirty and have people remember me than you know be sixty and have no one right, remember. right." And and just right away that tells exactly like what he's you know that's it, that's his motivation exactly, and it just spells it out really clear. And the whole time it's just this, it, it's basically just like this you know, game of wits between the two where it's like, all right, can Neiman, you know, will he be able to drum good? <laughs> Isn't he gonna be able <laughs> and to and the whole, the whole time, like you have, you have confidence in him. Right. At least, at least I did. Like whenever, like when the redheaded drummer comes in, you're like, yeah. okay, well you kind of assume, okay, this is a Fletcher move. Yeah. Um, and it ends up being a Fletcher move, but I always had faith in his his abilities because i mean they, they build it up so much i mean he practices so hard right it's like you got it you you see you know him he has do. Talent. yeah right he, he has the ability there you, i mean you see him do the stuff that he's that fletcher is trying to get him to do in the classroom right you know the where he just starts beating the hell out of the drum um right. like really really fast like you see him do that all the time so you know he can right uh and it's just a matter of will he perform in front of the person that it matters right and he's bleeding doing it too yes like, not there like his knuckles are like you know bruised a lot he, he is he's abused right uh physically physically by himself and em- emotionally by fletcher right he's completely broken you know throughout the movie and, and yeah it's just you know and i i guess we just jump into the you know the third act here which is one of the best third acts like maybe ever and it, you know the whole all right, he's got to get to the concert, but he left his drumsticks at yep. the car thing. So he goes back and he gets in a car crash and he's still going out there and he's not doing well. He's bleeding. And he's he's right. about to collapse on stage. Right. And he just tackles Fletcher. And immediately from that moment on, like, it, I am like, I don't know, anytime that moment's on TV, like I'm completely in, I will drop anything I'm doing for the rest of it. Because that... I don't know, just the way they structure it, it's just so good. Because it's revealed, you know, that Fletcher drove another student previously to suicide. Right. Um, because of his methods. And, you know, uh, Neiman anonymously testifies against him. And then some time passes, you know, Neiman gets kicked out of the academy, uh, meets up with Fletcher at this jazz club. And they have this really nice conversation. And in the back of your mind, it you're seems like, It seems so genuine. Right. I, I genuinely thought, like, he had changed. When... Right. That that whole that whole thing when he gets on stage and he's playing a different song than everybody else, I did not see that coming at all. It's such a good twist. It's such a good twist to hear, like, because you know, Jenny Simmons is like, all right, you know, maybe I didn't do it as well as I wanted. Like, you know, I, I might have been a the, little yeah, rough on him. The, their conversation seems so genuine. Like, there is that little thing in the back of your mind of like, okay, we've seen what he can do. Right. You know, but he genuinely like the conversation makes him seem like he understands that he went too far right and, and there's another just, scene there's yeah. a scene earlier where he's talking to um like a little girl uh, right yeah 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 where he's like hey i hope you'll join my band or something and like you know neiman's kind of looking at him horrified you know he's like what like why are you so nice to her and i think at that moment he's like oh so he is maybe a nice person maybe he's a, maybe the- he's a good guy and yeah and then once he i i, I guess the thing that like kind of got it was you know every time he was outside of the classroom he usually seemed or a classroom or a performance or anything like that. He seemed like a decent guy. Right. And this is the first time 
in the movie, at least from what I can remember, where you have like an extended dialogue moment with him outside of, of a performance setting. Right, right. Yeah, this is the only scene in the movie where he's not like screaming, you know? Yes. Like, it's a very nice, polite conversation. You're like, and you're, you're putting exactly in Neiman's shoes at that moment. You're like, oh, okay, this guy's not bad. So, you know, Neiman invites him to uh, perform at like, you know, this huge conservatory uh, performance where it's like the top musicians are going to be judged by like some of the top like music scouters right like this is it this is your moment right and and i think like, he says that like if you if you mess up you're done kind of right. thing like these guys are the people to perform to and then right off the bat it's like all right and you know we're doing rhythm of blues and it, your heart just sinks when you see uh neiman like looking at the pages and he doesn't have the music and he and, doesn't have it yeah right and it's just this is maybe like one of my favorite like there's so many good lines but he's like you know He's like, you fuck. I knew it was you. You know, it's like, it's like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. He screwed him. And the whole time, like my stage fright, embarrassed, like secondhand embarrassment for him. It's oh so high God. during that scene. Because, because you know, know, this is literally like, this is his life right here. If right. he messes this up, like everything he's worked for, for the past 10, 15 years is going down the drain. Right. He has no idea. None like how to play the music that he's doing and he's trying to improv it and everyone's just like looking at him awkward yeah like the, the bass player's like what are you doing man right right and the, the music even ends and he's still like playing and it just like cuts out and you're like oh my god oh and you just feel so bad for him and you know he goes back to visit his dad uh and then he just turns around and he fucking like you know just takes command just goes off that finale that like right when it starts to get to the point of okay this has been going on long enough like it it hits it goes on for just long enough to just wow the the viewer right and because you can't have that couldn't just be a one minute drum solo like that was every like the the movie was building to that entire scene like it it ends on the climax right the music even in the opening of the movie it still does that slow like right like you know that's coming from the beginning of the movie subconsciously in the back of your mind you're like oh that's kind of weird that they build it up and then stop that but then it comes back in the end where you know it's just like this eight minute finale of just this one drum solo and he's just like going for it and even in that scene there's so much character stuff because like you know at first jk simmons is like neiman what are you doing man and he like slams the uh the symbol where it like looks like it hits him and it's the funniest thing you're like <laughs> oh my god he got his ass and even then you can see jk simmons like being impressed by it and yeah, slowly, so like, that's that was one of the I think the reason why it worked so well is like the whole time jk simmons he's always in the driver's seat right Always, you right. know, and this is the first time other than the time where, like, you know, Neiman just tackles him, right. you know, this is the first time that he's actually being challenged. Right. And then with it's it's such a good thing with his character to for him to be challenged and then understand and accept that. OK, maybe this is actually what I was looking for the whole time. Right. Because right. like he, he was pushing uh, Miles Teller the whole movie. And then when Miles Teller pushes back. They, they both end up getting what they want right which it's just it's interesting it's yeah. so, it's, it's so well written that's that finale is just like incredible and, and i this is so purposeful but like there's one shot in there that completely like sells you on the point of the movie and it, for me it's when the dad like it, it cuts back to the dad like looking at him and he's almost like horrified at mm-hmm. like what his son's become where it's like, he's just a machine at that point, you know, just like cranking it out. And while, you know, you're impressed with it for so long and he cuts back to him, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this just proved Fletcher's point. 
you know, like right. this proved him right at the end. And the movie just ends, you know, right there. Cause it's like, which know, is such won't. a good way to, I would not want to end that movie any other way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's abrupt. Perfect. It's abrupt. So but yeah, it's like, oh man, which like, it's, it's abrupt. I mean, the movie's named whiplash, right? <laughs> yeah. That's why they did it. It works. You know? It works. Right. right. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's an incredible movie. Um, I, for me, I, I, I really think this is in my, like both of these movies that we're talking about, I think are in my probably top 20 of the decade, just because of like, you know, they're, they're just killer in so many variety of ways. And that's the thing about Whiplash and La Land. I think they're both very different. As they are. They, they, they have at the core. They, they're very similar they're in the, the same ideas. Thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But someone, yeah. someone is chasing their, their dreams and music happens to be involved. Right. It's about sacrificing your dreams at what yeah. cost is kind of the point of both of them. But I like in La La Land, I feel like it's a lot more slower. And again, not a bad thing at all, but like Whiplash, it's just so fast paced where it's just insane. It hits, um, the, it hits the ground running, which I mean, La La Land does that oh, to yeah. an extent. I mean, that, that opening number, it just sets the tone for the entire movie. Right. I think we should get into La La Land. Yeah, so, okay, qu- quick disclaimer. La La right. Land is genuinely my favorite movie. Oh, shit. Time. I forgot to ask you your favorite movie. All right, whatever. Um, La La Land is my favorite movie. Right. Um, and then I'd say Baby Driver is my second. Okay. Um, and then in no particular order after for like a top five, I'd say Princess Bride. Attaboy. Um, Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. Nice. Um. Oh, man. I, f- I feel I feel like I have to throw a Christopher Nolan in there. I I can I can really Inception always hits. I I, I don't want to say Inception is one of my top five, but it's just so good. It does hit. It does hit. You're right. You're right. Um. Yeah. I apologize. I didn't ask you about that. Oh well. Whatever. No, it's all right. Yeah. There's there's no structure in this podcast. Any listeners <laughs> me at this point knows you're in for whatever you're in for. Um. So let's just jump into La La Land. Uh. 2016. The premise reads, uh, Mia, an inspiring actress, serves lab taste movie stars in between, auditions, uh, in between auditions. And Sebastian, a jazz musician, scrapes by by playing cocktail party games and biggie bars. But as success mounts, they are faced with decisions and begin to fray the fragile fabric of their love affair and the dreams they work so hard to maintain in order, to maintain in each other, trying to rip them apart. Um, again, I feel like a lot of people have seen this movie. Um, and I feel like there's been an unfair backlash to this movie. Because uh, this movie very unfair. Uh, this movie slaps, and anybody who disagrees uh, can leave. I don't agree. <laughs> this is a movie that I've seen countless times. I watch it at least four times a year. Boy. <laughs> um, right. And it's one of those movies where I'm sure everyone's got one of these where they know a lot of the details of like in the the process of making it, or like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Those fun facts about the right. movies. Right. This this one is like mine. uh it's there's so many things and then that just makes me appreciate the movie even more i think that one of the most impressive things is the fact that ryan gosling played every time he's playing the piano is right it's ryan gosling playing the piano and ryan gosling does not know how to read a lick of piano music right and that it's incredible and like 
it, there are some scenes in that movie, especially like the first scene with him playing piano in the bar with Jenny mm-hmm. Simmons, who shows up. It's really funny. <laughs> a, good, a very good cameo. I, right. I thought that was really good. It's funny doing the double feature of Whiplash and La La Land in that order, because then you're like, hey, it's Jenny Simmons. Hey, look at, look at him. Yeah. Right. And he's having a good time. Um, But they set him up as like being extremely talented. He's like, he does his own little piano solo, and he's like, and his hands going crazy, and that's him. And you're like, oh my God. Like they really went for it. Um, but yeah, like Gosling and Emma Stone are just like I just love both of them so much. Like that is one of the every best. matchup, every matchup is just they're, they're just so good in every movie they are to get they're in together. Right. Like I need like 10 more movies with them together, and <laughs> I think I'll be satisfied. Um, but yeah, and even then, I think one of the things this movie does well is right off the bat, again with Whiplash, like it shows you that these two have talent. Like, yes. it shows Ryan Gosling. Yes. Ryan Gosling know. goes absolutely crazy on the piano, and then Emma Stone gives a good performance in right. an audition. Right. Her her crying scene when she's on the phone, right. like, immediately proves you where, like, oh, my God, like, she can, you know, she can act. Like, she can act. And then they're both in the same boat of where, when they're done, the people who were watching or listening don't care. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's just interesting. Like, it... it uh, yeah, there's just so much to think about it. I think first, one of the one of the things we should get into in La La Land is it is a while Whiplash has music in it. La La Land is a musical. It is a musical, and right. whenever whenever I tell people, because I tell just about everyone, all of my friends, I'm like, this is one of the movies where I have you have to watch it if you're going to be friends with me, kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um, and a lot of my friends are like, oh, I don't like musicals, and I'm like, this this is a musical, but. It's not. It's it's not a like it's not a musical like other ones are because right. this one is much more focused on the music mm-hmm. than it is the singing. Right. Right. And the interesting thing too is like Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are not singers. And that's not no. this is actually not a critique of the movie. I actually think it works quite well. Um, it just makes it more realistic to me. The fact that it's like not really like these are not like two Broadway vocalists, you know, like right. they're just kind of raw in their singing. And I really like that. Like, it's just kind of refreshing. Yeah. Um, well, one of my uh, one critique that I hear a lot is Emma Stone's singing, like in the audition scene. People mm-hmm. don't like that. I personally I don't have a problem with it. I no, think she I did think a great job. I think she sells it really well. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that scene. Um, yeah, I, I, I just really like that. Like, it adds a layer of authenticity that I really like. And I also... I mean, we were saying this earlier, but like the opening scene of that movie immediately, like it's like the biggest like adrenaline kick. Yeah, it, it gets you going. And like that was it had me sold from the very beginning. Like right. uh, when when everyone gets back in their car, I'm just like, I, I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Not very often do you watch a movie where like it sets the tone so well in the beginning where you're excited to see what happens and it delivers so well. Right, right. Yeah, and it, like, immediately, and even then, like, even with the lyrics that they're singing, it's actually, like, kind of depressing, too. Yeah. Which, which is kind of what the movie's trying to say, too, where it's, like, and, and this is kind of a point of what they're trying to make, where it's, like, you know, it's not all fantastical, as, you know, L.A. is portrayed in, like, other movies and stuff like that, you know? Like, right. every time Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone have that view, they're like, yeah, this looks like shit. Like, <laughs> you know, like, they're not impressed. And, you know, there's a lot of... Like, I mean, I mean, of- Ryan, I mean, Ryan Gosling said, like, he has a line. He's like, that's L.A. They worship everything and respect nothing. You know, right. like, they're, they're trashing on it the whole right. movie. It's very much a critique of 
kind of the Hollywood musicals, yeah. even though it's a musical of its own. And I don't know, like, I'm just so, being a musical fan, I'm just always into that sort of thing. And I, I really, like, there's really no songs here that I dislike. Like, I love all the songs. I, I, I have a few of these songs in my playlist. John, yeah. John Legend's overall to listen to is my favorite. Oh, the uh, Start of Fire? Start of Fire. It's such a good song. I love it so much. It's so good. The funny thing about that is, like, in the context of the movie... In the context, it's so... It makes it even better. Right, because it's like... He's basked in red light because he's he's the devil. I mean, Seb made a deal with the devil, and he's trying to start a fire. Oh, my God. It's so good. And in the context of the movie, you can even see that Gosling is not, like... This is not his type of music that he plays too and it's like you can see why emma stone likes it too because it's like i mean it's a catchy song but even when they're doing that scene like you can see that ryan gosling is like kind of half-heartedly doing it you know he's Mm -hmm. only doing it for her because you know she's like you should you know there uh shoot yeah ryan gosling hears emma stone on the phone saying like you know he's not he's like kind of struggling and that's why he takes that gig right um and even emma stone's like well you know why are you playing with them if you don't like them and yeah, I don't know. There's just so much, like you were saying, there's so much to this movie that I really appreciate. Uh, we were talking about colors earlier. Oh my God. And this is, we were talking about how colorful movies can kind of like elevate everything. Yeah. This movie's colors, that is what made me, the, the colors in this movie are the reason why this is my favorite movie, I think. Oh, yeah. Because I already loved it so much. And then on like my third or fourth viewing, I started picking up on a lot of the colors and I realized how much work and effort went into the color coordination oh yeah like there's there's one scene near the beginning uh when uh mia is in her first audition right uh and she's she she got the coffee spilled on her uh, so she has to wear this coat and so mm-hmm. oh she had a white shirt and she's in a blue coat against a blue wall and a blue door yeah and it makes her blend in and like when i realized that i was like oh my god like i that's something they didn't have to do right that's such a such a good detail and when she leaves you just see everyone wearing the same thing but then she goes and gets into an elevator with the blue wall yeah Yeah. and it just makes her blend in with everything and it's it's such a good detail right it's just uh man like and Mm-hmm. yeah i don't know I, I there's so much to appreciate um about it and i think like i don't know there's just so much there's so many layers right like you, uh, can, you, can, you can take it at surface value you can dig a little deeper or you can go down the rabbit hole and it's enjoyable and amazing at every level right it's like all right you can look at it as like all right it's a musical i'm gonna listen to the music i'm gonna have a fun time with that you got that you can look at it as a romance movie and you're like oh you know these two have really great chemistry i'm invested in it you can see it as a tragedy of oh no they got what they wanted but at the cost of losing each other you can see it as a success story where they like hey they got what they wanted you know that sort of thing like i don't know i'm just impressed the the thing is is with this movie is that it starts off so high where you're like yeah man i'm having a great time and by the end like you're just so sad like you're so okay the ending of this movie is genuinely my favorite 15 minutes of any movie I have ever watched. Yeah. I don't, I'm usually, I'm not very emotional. Right. When, so when it comes to movie, I don't like, I don't welt up or anything like that. And it's very difficult for me to get attached to characters. Sure. But this movie makes me feel a feeling that I've never felt before. Mm-hmm. Um, and when 
oh my god the ending of that movie is what brings it to an 11 out of 10 right it, it like it's it's the perfect thing of like all right here's what could have happened you know yes like, and it, it's it's done so well and then there is not a single word spoken yeah. the entire time it's completely and that's, visual and, and, and then audio. honestly that is that's the reason why i love film so much right it's the it, the ability to tell a story and convey so much emotion mm-hmm. with just by showing you something right right it's yeah it like it's so powerful that ending because and it, 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 uh, there's just a brilliant move on their part where you know they cut to near the end of the movie emma stone like goes off to paris because she's got her big break and she's gonna right. be the star in this movie and they they cut to like is it two years later one five year later? years later five years later okay right they cut then and they for a second, make you think they're still together. Yes, and, and I think that's. And then when you when she walks in and kisses the guy, you're like, "Is that Ryan Gosling?" Yeah, and, and then, then it's she not. Pulls and away, your and you're like, just "Oh." Sinks, and and then like, when she fuck. when she runs into the room and sees her daughter, and you're like, "Oh, yeah," you know, like, "Oh, this isn't just a fling. Like, this is her husband." Like, right. "Oh no!" Right. But it makes and complete sense. That's the it thing. does. It really does. The I think the reason, one of the biggest reasons why this movie is so emotional is because there's no good reason why they're not together. Right. They both want to be together, and it just so happened that they weren't. Yeah. And it, it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. And that's the sad part about it, where it's like, you know, and even at the end, they're still happy, you know? Like yeah, I know. But, but it's just there's something about, like, they're not as happy as they could be. It was It's just such an interesting emotion. Right. Right. And it's just so, I don't know, it kind of emotionally deflates me at the end. Yes, and it does. Is, that it is does. the biggest compliment. That is not a detriment. Um, but like, it's just such a, you know, it, it, it leaves you in such a funk after the movie ends where you're like, you're like, oh my God, like, uh, yeah, it's yep. incredible. incredible. And then uh, there's just something about like, oh, in, in the credit scene. So like we, we worked at the movie theater. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and I was, I was working when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, one of the credit songs is just, it's City of Stars, mm-hmm. but it's Emma Stone just humming. Mm-hmm. She's humming the words. Um, and it's just a really somber, soft, and it's such a, it, it fits with how you're feeling. Right. You just kind of let it go off in the background. It, like what I usually do is whenever I watch the movie, I listen to the credits. And then when that comes around, I just kind of sit there and I just think and listen to that song. And it, it works so well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it that matches in, the mood. That instrumental, that main instrumental of the movie, you know, the do 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 do. Yeah, the uh, Mean Sebastian's theme. Right, it's so yeah. pretty, and they use it in so in so many different ways. Right, yeah, it's like really, uh, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. One, how of, they use one of the that. the one scene that used to be my least favorite is mm-hmm. the observatory scene. Okay, right. Um, and I always thought like when if I was watching the movie. That was the time where I'd get up and get a glass of water or something uh-huh. like that, you right. know. And then I sat down one time and I, I and th- that that has the me and Sebastian theme going when when they're when they're dancing, right? Um, and I that's now one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. That's probably my second or third favorite. Yeah. Um, because I just didn't really understand what was going on the first few times I watched it. But right. this is another thing coming back to the medium of film. They, you know, they're, they're enjoying themselves so much. They're caught up in the moment so much that words cannot describe how they're feeling. Right, right. And then that's how they're feeling. And I think that that's just 
so beautiful and so perfect. Right. And especially like the setting that when they're dancing and their silhouettes are dancing across. Oh my, like, oh my it's beautiful. Holy shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's cinema right there. You know? Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm a mean. And so the other thing that uh, I think is kind of funny, and this is just a completely different heat than what we were talking about. Uh, Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day is in this movie for like three minutes. Oh, is she, is she the, uh, one of the roommates? Yeah, she's one of the roommates. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just find that so funny. Like, <laughs> hey, wait, that's the lady from Happy Death Day. And she's, like, barely in it. But she, no, she's, she's in the background a couple times. Like, right. she's at the pool parties. Like, and then she has, like, a couple lines. Right. And she's in one number. Yeah, but I think all the music in this are, like, just certified bangers. Another Day of yeah. Sun's awesome. Uh, someone in the crowd is really catchy. Um, City of Stars is really great uh start a fire is awesome although audition is yeah. amazing the, the thing is is every time i don't know why but like the the reprise of city of stars like always gives me chills because i feel like that's the turning point in the movie it is a turning point the city of stars is my favorite song to watch to listen to while i'm watching the movie right because it's again it's telling a story without saying any words right it's you know and it's it's it really is a turning point. That's where their relationship starts to kind of take a turn. Right. Um, and it's a very emotional song and it's a very emotional time in the movie. Right. And the whole thing is like, you know, the ending makes sense to where they're at because again, they make choices that put their dream in front yeah, of the it, other yes. person. Yeah. It's, it's just them. Right. It's, it's uh, I think the director, uh, I think Damien Chazelle, or maybe it was someone else. He said there are, uh, Three, I think he's said there are three or four main characters in the movie. There's Mia, there's Sebastian, there's the city of LA, and then there's the music. Right, right. I completely um, agree. Yeah. And yeah. it's 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 just those. Those four things make up the entire movie. Yeah. That's all it is. Because like yeah. I, you know, there's not a lot of supporting it's hard for me to like mention the supporting characters because they're not really all that crucial in the story. Yeah, but- there are like uh John Legends is the biggest supporting character right basically and he's fun like he's got a really good monologue that i really yeah. like um when he's talking about like hey you know you're stuck in the past here like this is kind of what jazz has become you know like right. and he's making how, a lot of good points with that he um, makes a lot of good points how are you gonna how are you gonna change jazz if you're such a traditionalist right exactly you know, you know jazz is something that changes as it goes along and you know gosling obviously is stuck um these you know, people were revolutionaries. Right. How are exactly. you going to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? That's what he says. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's brilliant how they handle that. And it's just, yeah, it, it's so good. Like, it, it's a comfort movie every time I watch it. And then at the end, I feel sad. I'm like, God damn it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's just it's just a classic. I'm trying to think of anything else I wanted to mention. I don't think I I can it. literally talk about this movie for hours <laughs> hours and hours and hours <laughs> i have not even come close to exhausting all of my law we'll stuff. bring you back we'll bring you back for a, <laughs> a, a re la la land um, <laughs> we'll hit all the beats but yeah i mean so i guess because la la land's your favorite you prefer it over whiplash correct yes yes okay. so i actually well, i actually saw la la land first yeah i did um, too i did too uh, and when i when i saw it, i was like okay who's the director of this movie and then i right. saw okay okay well i really really like this movie let's watch another one Right. Um, and then I saw Whiplash. Whoa. But La La Land is, I definitely prefer La La Land over yeah. Whiplash. And I'm still salty that Moonlight won. Moonlight is a great movie. Don't get me wrong. But it's yeah. no La La Land. I, 
I think I like Whiplash a tad better, but I love really? both of them. Like both of them have a perfect score um, for me. But yeah, I if I had to pick one to turn on, I'd choose Whiplash only because that movie flies by. And La La Land. It takes its time a couple of uh, sometimes. Not a yeah. bad thing. Not a bad thing. It's like over two hours and I can still, you know, I can put that on. But I, a La La Land is emotionally draining for me. And that's a good thing. But I would rather uh, put on Whiplash and La La Land. But I love both of them. That is not, <laughs> it's like choosing, this is a Sophie's choice here. Um, <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta go with my heart. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're both great. Did you ever see First Man? I did. I did see First Man, and I like it. It's actually, different. It's different. I actually didn't like it. I only saw it once. Okay. Um, and this is coming from I. Okay, I absolutely love the whole space race, the Apollo missions. I've got more useless knowledge on that topic than you would ever you would believe. <laughs> um, so I was really excited for this movie. Right. And I, I wasn't. I wasn't really impressed. Uh, now, I don't remember that much about it. Yeah, it's yeah it cold. is cold, which is makes sense because that's how Neil Armstrong was. Neil Armstrong was a weird guy. Right. Um, and I think Gosling uh, did a good job, a really good job portraying like how Neil Armstrong actually was. Right. But I think because even though that's how it was, I feel like it kind of made it dull to watch sure. a little. Sure. Yeah. Um, I- it's interesting. That's normally not the one. Like Adam Damien Chazelle's filmography at one, and then he's come out with that's kind of the black sheep of it. Yeah, definitely. Now I I really like it. I, I haven't rewatched it in a bit. I will. I'll probably. I need to rewatch it. it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on my. Go. Yeah, I'm gonna put that on my list of movies to rewatch. Because I, I there's a lot of stuff I really like about it, and even when I'm thinking back on it, like yeah, I thought that was really good. And I think that's partially to do with like the ending of that. Like Damien Chazelle just knows how to do a good ending. Straight up. Yeah, um, he really does. Because I mean that whole space scene, I think I saw it in IMAX where I'm like, whoa, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird. One. I just wanted to know what you thought of it. Um, yeah, but I mean, listen, Chazelle, he's three films deep at this point, and it's like he's already proven himself as like one of the most talented directors to come out of this decade. So anything that he's coming up with at this point. Yeah, I, I will I will watch and I will support whole wholeheartedly. Right. Um, exactly. I, like I'm so excited for the next one. It, oh my god. Because right. I, who, who knows what he's going to do? He hasn't really let me down yet. Right. And I yeah. think Babylon, I'm looking this up right now. Babylon, the cast for this, we got Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Catherine Watterson, Samara Weaving, Max Mingell, really? Tobey Maguire, Flea, uh, Spike Jones, Lucas Hunt. Yeah, we got that's a lot of That's crazy. People. I did not realize how star. Oh, my God. That's going to. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's going to be so good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Meryl I Streep? I don't think Meryl Streep's in it. Okay, maybe maybe Google's just lying to me. Maybe she is. If she's in it, holy shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, we got it. It comes out next year in December. Oh boy, I'm not gonna be able to wait that long. Yeah, oh, that's that's a ways away. Yeah, but oh, well, it'll be great. Who knows? Who cares? Um, yeah. Well, anything else you want to bring up uh, before we start the wrap up? No, because if I get going on Lala Land again, we'll be here for another half an hour. That's understandable. Very understandable. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming on the pod, man. I really appreciate. Oh, I appreciate uh, you having me. Having me. I, uh, I'm always down to chit chat about movies. Yeah, I'll have you back on again at some point later down the line. Um, this was good. Is there anything you want to shout out or promote? Uh hmm. I didn't think this far through. Yeah, you're uh, right. Everyone, to make this the chance to take a sip of water. Mm. Go get yourself some water. Stay hydrated. Mm. It's important. It's important. And also uh, make this the chance, uh, make this the time to um, 
oh, I don't know. Do something fun. Go, 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 right. go say hello to somebody. Just that's say right. Hi. That's go. right. We need communication these days. Yes, it's there important. you go. Yeah. It's important. That's, that's my shout out. Be sociable and stay hydrated. Damn straight. Damn straight. Um, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Real View Podcast. We are on any platform where you have your podcast Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, any place you get it, we're there. Um, yeah, stick around. We'll be back in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're back on schedule here. So uh, keep listening and we'll be back, we'll be back with you uh, with new stuff. But uh, until then, we will see you later. Goodbye. See you.